Merson has scored it. Arsenal legend Paul Merson, John O'Shea and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event, so if you want to be there, get on to offtheball.com forward slash events. Just Eat, the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Right, I don't know if this is technically GA or not, but I'm delighted to say we have the writers, directors and producers of a new movie called Lakelands, uh, Robert Higgins and Patrick McGivney with us in the studio. How are you doing, folks? Thanks for having us, Stuart. Uh, did you make a sports movie? Is that is this a sports movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we were uh, always keen to make a sports film, yeah. We, we grew up playing football and we always thought it was a rich area to make a bit of bit of a film about and explore the culture around it yeah yeah 100% what are the criteria for sports movies I'm not sure does it, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it, it so I, I weren't watching it um, I, the premiere was last night and it's in cinemas now 5th of May 5th of May, May yeah. ok so uh, we can build up a bit of anticipation for it but um, I think this is going to play well in America with the whole concussions subplot like where I, I mean you think people know about concussion, but it turns out they don't. And that's a, not to give anything away here, but it's a central part of the movie. So, sure. why did you make concussion the the um, the injury as opposed to you know anything else that it could have been? Yeah, no, I think for us it was a, a very interesting, I suppose, jumping off point um, to explore other issues. Um, and I think the fact that it's an injury that's not visible, you can't see it. Um, I think that was interesting to us, and I think. Once we started doing a bit of a deep dive into it, we started having conversations with GA players who had suffered concussion. We had a couple of conversations with Laurie Ryan, who plays for um, Clare Ladies and at Lone Town. And once you actually begin to realise, you know, the the type of symptoms they suffer and um, how I suppose underrepresented it it, it is um, to an extent, um, we just felt that it was an interesting issue that you know deserved showcasing. Um, do you go into the uh, writing process deciding that you want to tell a story about uh, an, an injury to a footballer how does how do you build this kind of uh, jigsaw of information that we get from the characters yeah I suppose we we, we started just wanting to explore the culture first. firstly and then you know we grew up in and we always felt it was a strange that it hadn't kind of been represented more I think in the Irish cinema considering how Gaelic football in particular yeah right. yeah, considering how big a part it is of mm. Irish kind of identity so we were kind of used it started from there and then we kind of used a lot of our own kind of personal experiences growing up and kind of filtered that in and I suppose a big interesting part for us was how much identity can get wrapped up in playing the sport especially in a small town Yeah. so we kind of started looking at maybe a character who has to deal with that being taken away and kind of delving into that and coming at it from that angle and then using that as a jumping off point to kind of examine the kind of the niches and the little smaller parts of the culture. Um, this isn't your first spin at this. People who I think you can still see on the RT player, people might be familiar with your short movie called Drifting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, you you got Paul Mescal before or after he started to become Yeah, yeah. Uh, just before he, he blew up, yeah. He came from the normal people set straight down to Longford. So. Right. So he was he was used to filming the Gaelic football bits. He did, yeah. yeah. I think that was one of the reasons he was attracted to the script. He'd obviously a GA player himself, and um, I think he was excited by the opportunity to depict that world in, in, in a small way. And yeah. For us, it gave us a lot of confidence. You know, it was the first time we were out in a, on a GA pitch with a camera, um, and I think you know it gave us a lot of confidence that we were you know able to capture the that that world with a bit of authenticity. And it was it turned out to be a bit of a proof of concept for. I was going to say because yeah. a lot of the themes are are they're just longer, written larger. Yeah. Yeah, developed. we kind of jump back in with the characters when they're a little bit older, um, and for us that's a little bit more interesting. When you know you're, you're, you've had your potential and you're kind of a bit of a fading star, and 
um, it's just an interesting par- uh, you know point to jump back into the story. Yeah, um, you're from Granard. Yeah. yeah. So this is it, this is a home <laughs> set on home turf. It, it is indeed. Yeah, like we wouldn't have been able to make it without the help of the local club, and uh, we, we definitely called in a lot of favours. You know, I've been playing for senior football for about twelve years, so I had a lot of favours to call in. So. And um, the boys came out to support that obsession with GEA, especially in rural areas, is is pertinent and it's so obvious in the film as well. Like, it, and it's it's ironic because lads want to batter lads a mile down the road more than a team maybe twenty or thirty miles down the road. It's yeah. so parochial and local, but you get the sense <laughs> from the film as well how significant that is. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Look, the GEA is it's it's the lifeblood of so many communities, and and it gives people that sense of pride. Um, and sometimes that does boil over into you know unwarranted rivalries and all that. But um, I think we were just really keen to just capture that world with a bit of authenticity and for us like the asset test is and will be GA players watching and saying yeah that's what addressing down from your coach sounds like that's what a training session feels like um, and you know we just seen it as a massive opportunity to, to capture the world for the first time on cinema in, in uh, on film coming would you call it coming of age or is it it's not necessarily coming of age because the, the character is clearly beyond the, the teenage years or whatever but it, it's certainly coming of something yeah, he's probably suffering from delayed adolescence, uh, our main character, so I suppose it is a coming of age, even though he is, you know, touching his late 20s, but, um, yeah, no, I, I, I probably would call it a coming of age story. Um, the, the players in the GA scenes, are they your teammates from, or, or are they all yeah, actors? Is it there, there are a lot of the boys now we would have grown up right. playing with and that, and... It came to the cold evening in November. They were getting a few phone calls and it's come out and they were, they were running around with us. Convincing them to actually act, right? Because it's not, you know, the, the crisis of masculinity is the centre of this whole thing here. And yeah. you're like, no, no, it's fine. You, you just have to pretend to be the thing you do all the time. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just be yourself. It was what, funny because... What is myself? Yeah, exactly. Well, look, the, there was actually a bit of rivalry going in, in, uh, in that uh, training session that we had. It was a bit of a game and I think they forgot there was a camera there. There was a few... Big digs going in. They heard an actor was coming down from from Cork, so they were like, "Right, let's let's hop into him." <laughs> it was easily done. Then you don't have to. You almost don't have to force it. It's funny because that that masculinity that word that you mentioned, Jar, like it's it's a relationship with his father as well, which is complicated and probably more so for a lot of people in rural areas as well. That there's it's all unspoken. There's no "I love yous" and that sort of thing. It, that's very much a sense with this relationship between the character and his father. Yeah, yeah, we started off with Keen that he has a big kind of shell up, the, the lead character is called Keen, and um, he kind of has just this shell of, you know, he's a good football player and, you know, he's he's uh, well known around town with the lads and everything like that, so we just started kind of looking at what it's like when you chip away at that a little bit and he kind of looks at opening up a little bit more as the kind of the film goes on. Yeah, yeah. And how difficult it is for him to do that. Yeah, for sure, and and you know I think when you watch the film you'll see like he's got different versions of himself. He's the version he is with his teammates, with his friends, and then with his dad, of course. And you know his 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 dad is there from and and does care from, but just doesn't necessarily have the the language to to, to verbalize it. Yeah, to verbalize yeah. it exactly. And like you know his you know it's 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 still. You know he's still doing everything he can, and like um, I think we just wanted to portray that relationship in 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 a way that felt real to us, um, and and uh, not just have you know the stereotypical Irish alpha who's very cold and doesn't care. Like he does care, he just can't say it, he can't verbalize it. But the impact of him not being able to verbalize it is that uh, Keen is not able to verbalize either the really important things where he's just pretending that he's grand going to training because he can't talk about the fact that he's not grand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's definitely a kind of a cycle that's ongoing. Yeah, 
and um, I suppose yeah it's kind of his journey into into breaking that cycle that's probably been kind of passed on um, ongoing yeah and then we've got the character of, of Grace um, Danielle Galligan she comes back from England and, and she's the first one to kind of chip away at that shell and make him realise that there's a big world out there outside of club football and, and the Midlands and, and Granard yeah. and the farm and the farm although I'm not sure <laughs> I, I, does he what does he know this at the end I, I, I mean obviously it's up for everyone yeah, to make their own yeah, mind up but yeah it's up for the bait you know um, yeah. check out Lakelands May 5th and tell us what you think <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, I, I, there's no I think I'm not doing, doing any spoilers here but it's just um, like it's this incredible slice of you see the substrata of of, uh, of Irish life and the depths that exist there while at the same time our complete unwillingness as a race of people to tell anybody how we feel or what we actually think <laughs> yeah. yeah like for us I suppose it was just uh, the biggest goal was to, to achieve that just that slice of life where it just feels authentic and I suppose there hasn't been too many films shot down our way in Longford either so just to show that little little corner and and how life looks down there. Yeah, yeah. Well, can we talk about Granard? Because, like, Granard... Just go for it. Shane's talking about driving <laughs> through it. Um, like, for, for my generation... No offence, I did drive through it when I was younger, <laughs> yeah, But it's still a lovely little spot. <laughs> I'd never heard anybody describe it as a lovely little spot before Shane did it here. Like, because obviously it, it's famous in Irish culture for Anne Lovett. And, like, you guys yeah. must have grown up with that as, like, the thing that everybody knows about us. Um, and now you're making a, a movie about football and about life yeah. there. It's just, it's just a, like, it's a character, you know, it's beautifully shot and it's incredibly captured and even the, the name of the Lakelands and the, the eponymous lake, like, it's stunning. Yeah. That was kind of shocking to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know. That's good to hear. But I suppose for us, we wanted to just shine a positive light on, on Granard and the Midlands and, but while not shying away from the issues it currently faces um, and, and yeah just to hold the mirror up and um, depict it in an authentic way but also a way that's positive um, because we see it through a very positive lens we're very proud to be from Granard we love Longford um, we, d- we don't feel we get a fair shake all the time but I suppose we just wanted to make something that Longford ke- people and people from the Midlands could watch and be proud of you know? Yeah I think you can argue though that like um, the 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 crisis of the film is actually you know a natural uh, it's it's on a, a, the same spectrum as the the place and the the traumatic incident that happened in Irish cultural mm. life. Like, mm. um, I don't know if you've seen the um, "Pray for Us Sinners" that's out at the moment, the documentary about Navin. I've been reading about it. Yeah, it's it. absolutely yeah. amazing, and uh, the I love it thing features in that as well. The mm. night of the night the story breaks on the Late Late Show, uh, Gabriel yeah. reads the headline and kind of just dismisses it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, you know, I'm I'm not saying that you guys had this kind of perpetually in your the background here, but like, um, I would argue that they're all part of these movies are all part of the same kind of our our inability as a country to deal with trauma and uh, everybody they're doing it through football they're doing it through farming they're doing it through drinking they're doing yeah. it through drugs <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean they definitely form a kind of an interesting network when you look at them side yeah. by side yeah different ways it's kind of been processed for sure yeah yeah 100% and like even Keen in, in our story like he is dealing with trauma and, and can't articulate and I think yeah that's symptomatic of what it is to be Irish unfortunately was it is Simon Crow did the cinematography he did indeed yeah. like how obviously you have to utilise that to kind of uh, not to get all third level English on it but like to, to highlight the the loneliness of the character as well it's almost like a Banshees of Inishirin thing where you use the environment around you whether it's the Iron Islands or wherever or Granard 
uh, and you use that to, to depict how lonely this character is, albeit, as you say, he has the character Grace around him and this tetchy relationship with his, yeah. with his dad, but, but certainly the cinematography plays into all of that. Yeah, big time. Yeah, like we really wanted to capture those kind of wide landscapes and kind of emphasise, yeah, it can be quite beautiful but also quite empty and quite lonely at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So that was a big thing we were kind of flagged at and we were lucky to have Simon on. Yeah, on, on yeah he's a beast. He's he's a six foot three <laughs> ape of a man and like he, he just threw the camera on and in the middle of those training sessions just got right into the action and that helped us and allowed us to, I suppose, capture it with, with authenticity and... Um, yeah, he's he knows our farm down home better than we do at this point. He's been down so much, and he's he's shot every inch of it. But he's uh, he's a talented boy. You were shooting during COVID too, am I right in saying that that there's challenges been brought there yeah, as well? Like it was like uh, walking a tightrope at times, but we we were able to shoot it in between lockdowns. Um, we probably shouldn't have went to the pub after uh, <laughs> the, the first uh, few days of, of shooting, but um, the whole town came in. But look, we were lucky enough to keep the COVID out and. Um, yeah, I suppose we'd been deprived of being on set for so long. It was uh, just to be back shooting was was incredible, and you, you really appreciate it when you've when it's been taken away for a bit. How do you how do you divide the responsibilities? Like who's shouting action? Who's like <laughs> <laughs> we kind of just yeah figured it out. We're we're kind of lucky that we're. we're we grew up together with childhood friends, so you can't fall out too badly with your childhood <laughs> friend. You know, yeah. you can. So we uh, we just kind of trial and error, but uh, we kind of just split it evenly. Yeah. Um, and communication, try not to yeah, step yeah. on each other's yeah. toes too much. Yeah, we haven't cut off any digits yet. <laughs> In the when you're actually writing stuff, do one of you take responsibility for dialogue? One of you take responsibility for like blocking scenes? How does that work? Because uh, again, yeah, um, it's kind of we kind of would split it kind of. Um, it's we kind of kind of find it quite useful actually. We mm. kind of get two bites at the cherry nearly. You nearly having two drafts, whatever, mm. two opinions, and you can confirm things yeah. quickly. We we definitely have uh, similar reference points. You know, we know the same kind of mad local characters, so we can say, yeah, he's a bit of this guy, he's a bit of that guy, and um, I think just having that same kind of life experience kind of helps you to to move a little bit quicker through scenes. Was it all planned to a T, or were there certain scenes, even with, with as you say, characters from the town that cropped up that you're like, geez, that's actually really really good we'll, we'll leave that in or we'll, we'll adopt that a little bit was it all kind of planned to the nth degree or was it a little bit flexible uh, oh there was a good bit of flexibility yeah you kind of <laughs> have to be live to it yeah, yeah. for example I, I think you've probably seen the calving scene in the film yeah that wasn't uh, actually yeah, right? planned yeah. at all yeah his that's dad, a real calf I was going to say I mean it looks like <laughs> no it's CGI there no? it was, yeah, it was yeah. shot on his dad's farm and Porek just came running up the yard. He's like, grab the cameras. <laughs> it's, uh, there was one about to pop. But yeah, we were shooting in the middle of cabin season, so we were like, it would be amazing if we got it because obviously we were working off a, you know, a, a smaller than normal budget, and you know that's just incredible production value. But yeah, he came storming in and um, grabbed the camera, grabbed in, I threw him into the mix, and then I had about forty-five seconds tutorial on how to calve a cow, and Jesus. the calf uh, survived. So oh, I was going to say, no animals were actually <laughs> ending. He's, he's actually getting his hands in there. That's like that's him doing the right. That's yeah, and and the calf was unresponsive for the first few minutes. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Like, so my dad was there doing kind of charades behind the the cameras, saying, you know, you know, give him give him the kiss of life, but. Right. Uh, um, yeah, he. he, uh, he I mean, a he, moment of high tension, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it kind of set the set the tone then for the rest of the set because everyone was like, "Okay, this is a bit mad." If he can do that, then <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. So the movie actually premiered, I think, in 2022 at Galway. Is that right? Yeah, Galway so, the fly. Yeah, yeah. So you've had five or six months to decide what you're doing next. What are you doing next? 
<laughs> yeah, uh, so we're back to the road board at the moment. We're we're developing a new film with Screen Ireland at the moment right. called Bonfires. That's um, yeah, that's set in Longford again. So we're 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 hopefully sticking around for another another next film in Longford as well. Yeah, and then we're yeah. kind of developing some stuff in the UK as well at the moment. Yeah, so. we're not done with uh, Grandeur just yet. Well, that's fair enough. Going to say, sure, Vince Gilligan and Breaking Bad led to uh, New Mexico being used as a as a filming mecca. So maybe Longford is the yeah, <laughs> yeah. mecca of Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> it, looks, it looks beautiful. It really does look beautiful. I do think the concussion thing in America though is it's like um, you know oh, we can't talk about this. It, we can't see it. I think there's a good opportunity for the American sports writers to get behind a movie like this you know because it's not the same as um, the concussion movie and uh, all that kind of stuff this is a completely different but very obvious high school sports equivalent yeah we were screening over in America actually at the Santa Barbara Film Festival when a lot of this stuff was just really coming peaking in the news yeah. so we were getting a lot of people coming up with parallels stories and yeah. a lot of people playing American football and stuff like that who were saying they'd kind of had parallel experiences mm. so Hopefully it has a, a little bit of a life over yeah, there, maybe. for sure. So it's opening on May 5th? Yes, indeed. Well, we wish you the very best of luck with it. Uh, Robert Higgins and Patrick McGivney, uh, you played senior for Granard. Did, did you? Until I paid, played just up un- until senior. You saw sense early. <laughs> Get out of there, yeah. <laughs> Got do out you, do you, uh, is it a love-hate relationship you have with GA? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I think most club players have, have a similar uh, perspective. Um yeah, like, look, I, I love it. I love my club. Um, you grow up in it. You know, but, 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 that's the the thing. The movie is the but, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, as I said, like, we just wanted to show it, you know, in all its glory and not shy away from the more challenging aspects of it. I suppose GA, you know, it's there's an obsessive element to it just by its very nature, having to train four or five times a week. Drinking bands and all Drinking bands, yeah. give up, you know, your summers. like the claustrophobia of... Yeah, yeah. And, like, there, it comes with a lot of sacrifice. You have to give a lot of yourself to it and, you know, it affects people around you, girlfriends, boyfriends, you know, that, that can't, obviously... Um, you know, they, they have to give up, you know, you know access to you I suppose for periods of time during the season and um, so that you can go and be abused by a middle aged man living out his fantasies <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. but look we were very passionate about it too we love it and, yeah. but we just wanted to uh, yeah, show it in all its glory alright well listen uh, you did a great job well done lads uh, Robert Higgins and Patrick McGivney thanks very much for joining us in studio this morning go see it from May 5th OCB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back neon night edition available now